Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to For the Record. This is episode 132, being released on May 9th, 2019. I'm your host, Jared Stossel. We've been on somewhat of an extended break here at For the Record over the last several months. To be completely honest, I wasn't sure if I'd wanted to continue this podcast and continue with the way this show had been going for the last year. I've had some incredible guests, amazing stories, and I've been able to chat with people I never would have dreamed of speaking with. But upon reflection... I feel like I'd be doing a disservice by ending the show. Not that I think that highly of myself, but I think that people love to hear stories. People love to discover new artists, new content, and learn about the stories behind them. Whether these projects and these creative endeavors are merely starting from the ground up, or they've been going for quite some time now. I want to speak with people who are behind new music, film, television, books, all of the artistic endeavors that drive our daily conversations. And that's exactly what this show is going to do. It's honestly what I've wanted to do from day one, and I'm excited to finally be bringing it to life. We're currently reevaluating our sponsorship and affiliate situation, so please stay tuned in coming episodes for more information surrounding that. With it will come a new logo change, a new design, varied show structures, and even a new theme song. On that note, with that being said, I'm eternally grateful for my friend Cliff Tomlin for allowing me to use a song called Keep the Night Alive, the one that you're hearing right now that he recorded years ago with a now defunct Bay Area local band, Hope for AM. Now, with that information out of the way, on with the show. According to the Google description, Long Island, New York is, quote, an expansive, densely populated island in southeastern New York State, stretching east from New York City. A population of over 7 million people inhabit Long Island, and yet Ryan Myers, the brainchild behind alternative emo rock act Figure 8, stands out among them. So much so that Ryan has returned for another chat with us. The last time we spoke with Ryan Myers, Figure 8 was getting ready to release their EP, Forever, back in February 2017. Time has passed, the lineup has changed, life has changed, and out of that change, Myers has created Any Given Flower, Figure 8's debut album, a 10-track journey through the boundaries of human emotion. In the press release announcing the album, Myers was quoted, Any Given Flower is a collection of songs I wrote during a two-year period of my life that deal a lot with the pain of loneliness being young and struggling with identity and purpose. Pulling influence from the 90s emo wave that brought bands like American Football, The Get Up Kids, and Basement to the forefront of the genre, Myers brings forth music that evokes a genre that he grew up with, and it is unquestionably shown throughout this record. I chatted with Ryan about the making of Figure Eight's debut album, the first single from that album, entitled Oyster Days, and the way he believes his songwriting has progressed over the last couple of years. Um, so it's like 7.30 right now where you are, so your, your day's almost wrapping up, if, I, if I've got that correct, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. That okay. would be correct. <laughs> awesome. Are you guys, I mean, is this a, do you, are you a band that, or is this a project where you're doing like late night sessions, or you're doing anything like that, or is it more projects during the day and rest at night and have, I guess, somewhat of a normal schedule? 
Well, I guess there's uh, a lot of late night stuff, but that also is due to me being like a night owl. Um, But the rest of the band is more on a normal schedule. So it's also because they have work, but we do do like some late night stuff. But um, yeah, for like, uh, with me, I kind of just do like the recording. So yeah, I'm kind of just doing that at any time of the day that I can fit it in. But yeah, definitely a late night kind of guy though. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I'm the same way yeah. to an extent. Um, what was it I, I, to kind of go off of something you were saying about how you really record all the stuff and then the band kind of has like the, just the regular everyday schedule in, in, in some sense. Um, what was it that made you want to have this, I guess, kind of become like is a, a project that's in the vein of a band like the rocket summer where the rocket summer is really one person who writes and records everything and then has a band rehearse and, and practice and do all that and do all of like the live stuff. What made you want to do that versus having it be like a full on full fledged band project? Um, well, I guess, uh, I guess I kind of started, like, figure eight after I finished high school, and throughout high school, I was always, like, in bands, like, that were normal, kind of just, like, everybody contributes and stuff like that, and, like, I kind of wanted to, you know, do something where I just, like, write my music, um, and I also, it also kind of had to do with growing up, but I feel like I didn't have a lot of people who I knew in, like, my teenage years that were into, like, the same genre of music that I was and or, like, wanted to play that in a band. So I kind of just, like, you know, wanted to try writing my own stuff and just being all me. And I also had always been, like, you know, into recording and doing stuff uh, in that vein ever since, like, I've been doing it since, like, middle school, like, with Garage Band, like, shit like that and then you know so that's kind of been a a passion for me too so it kind of like worked well that I could just do it all me but of course like I uh you know always wanted it to be like a band and like play live too um and I guess like uh I guess like one of my favorite bands in like middle school was like Say Anything which is like I guess a similar kind of deal where um he kind of Max Bemis was like the guy who like writes and records for the most part. Um, so I guess that also like inspired me to be like, oh, that's something you can do. Like you don't really, you know, necessarily need to like, you know, have like four other people to make a song. You know, you can like write your own songs too. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I totally forgot about say anything. Also kind of adopting that formula as well that's a a, I a really good example to use so yeah band, I was it it struck me as bands like uh the rocket summer say anything uh I'm trying to think of a couple I think there used to be a band used to be a band ages ago called the secret handshake that was very much the similar yeah. kind of thing uh one guy who yeah. kind of wrote and did everything um I guess how did you you said that you had people that you weren't necessarily meshing musically with people in terms of the same listening to the same genres and the same ideas um i guess then when did you start taking the first steps to become figure eight and to have that uh 
I guess, to bring the project to fruition? Um, yeah, it was like, uh, it kind of started when I was, I guess, like 19 or 20. So like, um, a few years ago. Um, but I had been just like when the band was in its like really early days, I had a few of my friends from high school just still like kind of playing with me live. And like that worked to like an extent, but you know, like I was saying, like they kind of, you know, had other interests and, and, you know, musically and not musically that they didn't really like want to be in a band really and do that kind of stuff. So, um, it was, uh, it was only like in like 2017, like that the full kind of like lineup came together. And, um, ironically enough, my friend Luke from high school became the drummer. Um, and then we, um, we got these two other guys who we met from like playing singers, um, Alex and Andrew, who are brothers, and they play bass and guitar. And it actually worked really well because they, you know, they we had played with them, and they were like, "Oh, we heard you guys are looking for people to play bass and guitar. We're down to do that." And it kind of worked really well. So basically, since then, for the past two years, it's been that kind of lineup, and. It's been going pretty pretty good so far, um, and it's kind of funny because I feel like now, being a little older, I'm definitely, you know, more exposed to people who are, you know, playing music and <laughs> in the same genre, of course. So that's cool as well. Yeah, there's almost been a a bigger resurgence in the last several years i mean when you look at stuff like you look at all the bands that are doing their 10-year tours and that are starting to even in some cases reunite and do their original lineups or play classic albums i mean emo night is a huge thing now it's Mm -hmm. and it's not just like in the la one like there's so many offshoots of it like i feel like that music has definitely I think there was definitely something very special about that scene and about what the music that we grew up in, in that sense. I was, I'm a big fan of that music as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's definitely, there's, there's, I think there's a bigger place for it now than there may have been like a couple of years ago. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I think it's, uh, definitely cool. I've, I've, uh, I've been to like an Evo night before I went to, I went to one on Long Island that surprisingly it was pretty cool. Got pretty drunk, so that was fun. <laughs> and then I went to one in Brooklyn that was like not that great, but it was like one of those offshoot ones. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like it's it's funny, like uh, you know, it's almost like you know all that music is like ret- almost retro at this point. So it's like you know, it's like getting brought back to some extent but yeah like i definitely think that there's like still like you know an emo scene of like bands that are like you know active or like new bands that are still like doing well which is cool also and it's also just funny that the term emo is like a like maybe not a cool term but like not something that people are scared to say anymore. Yeah, it used to be very so funny. Yeah, it used yeah. to be very much like a thing that you you were 
automatically labeled as like not not an outcast but you were just like oh you like that music like that you could you could yeah. almost see the look in people's faces when you would say that to them and now it's it's i just feel like it's becoming a little bit more accepted which and i think it's cool with a project like figure eight because it's it's almost this newer wave of emo that i hear with bands like modern baseball and even with bands like god there's another that's like it's on the tip of my tongue and i can't remember who it was but it's uh i was gonna say seaway but seaway is like pop pop punk but it's like mm-hmm. uh it's just it's within that vein of it's got the style and the sound of emo from like the 90s and early 2000s but it's got that it, it's got more of like a a punk feel to it in that sense like in in certain parts like moments where there's pop punk and then moments when it's a little bit more maybe a little bit more somber i guess my question is what were you um i guess were there any bands in particular from that era that you were drawing from was there anything that you maybe started with as a blueprint to kind of enforce that sound like particularly with the forever ep um and i haven't even gotten to the the new song yet which uh for any given flower which is like a totally just seems like a totally new evolution of the project Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I like. Um. I'm trying to think back to like when I, I guess when I was writing like the Forever EP or what became that. Um. I was definitely still. I mean, I always had liked uh, and still like bands like you know like the Store So Far and like Basement and, and like Title Fight and like newer bands like that. Yeah. But I I'd always been like a fan of like you know '90s like the Get Up Kids is like one of my favorite bands and like yeah you know of course like american football and like all that kind of good stuff <laughs> but uh i would say like um yeah i'd say like um that's just always kind of like i guess like it's kind of like just influences me because i just listen to to like those kind of bands all the time like like the other like day i was like get up kids again i was just like i still love this fucking record. yeah it's great <laughs> um but uh yeah, I feel like it just kind of like, you know, subconsciously influences. Um, like, for instance, like with the Forever EP, like uh, I would say, like the song Forever um, was kind of very, you know, I, I kind of make a joke of it sometimes when we play live that it kind of sounds like that one basement song, but like with me singing instead. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I feel like that with the Forever EP, I was like kind of you know, trying to, you know, work on my songwriting and making things more concise, which is, I hope I did with that, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it just kind of comes out, like, that emo way, because of just, you know, growing up with it and, <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, well, so you, you, so you said that your intention with the Flower, or not Flower, with the Forever EP was to work on your songwriting craft and to kind of uh I, I guess practice and and hone what you were doing what was your intention then with any given flower as an artist if there if there was any kind of goal other than putting out i mean everybody has the common goal of we're going to put out a record but usually there's some kind of like at some point in your career and in your evolution as a project like i guess what was the intention behind it yeah um i think from like our first EP to forever, I was like, I mean, if you listen to the songs on like August, it's like, they're very, they're kind of long. They're kind of like 
not too concise. So I remember like going from that to the next one, I was like, I want to like work on being more concise and like, you know, saying what I want to say without it being like a five minute long song and stuff like that. So I feel like I tried to do that and then it seemed to work out well um, to an extent. Um, So then I just kind of, I guess I kept rolling with that theme for the next one, like, but also like when I was, writing the the album I, I didn't really know i was writing an album i just kind of had songs um like for instance like when the forever ep came out i, I had already had songs that are going to be on this album written at the time funny enough um but yeah i just kind of like you know also just working on the songwriting again just trying to like get better at like um you know making parts that like have a purpose like in a song not just like here's a chorus just to have it or here's like a you know a drum part just because it sounds cool like you know kind of really make it like a song (laughs) if that makes sense like because you know i feel like some bands that are like everybody's writing the music it kind of starts off like maybe it's like you know, the guitar player, like, comes with a riff, and then the drummer comes with, like, the drum, and then they kind of make, like, an instrumental, and then they're like, hmm, let me put, like, you know, vocals to that, but I feel like with me, I kind of more just come at it from, like, a, like, a singer-songwriter, like, perspective, because I, I, it just, like, starts with, like, me on, like, acoustic, usually, um, so I think with this new album, it's gonna maybe sound more, you know, singer-songwritery, I guess, but, like, it's still, like, gonna be, like, a full band record and stuff, but definitely, I think, maybe more more that than, like, rock and roll, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, would you say that, given that you said that you approach it from the standpoint of a singer-songwriter, where it can be a little bit more based around just the core of you singing and... Where in a, in a situation where the lyrics are much more present, um, what is is there anything that you're maybe taking on differently or that's new and challenging on any given flower that you haven't necessarily done on previous EPs or previous releases? Uh, you mean like lyric wise or just... yeah, yeah, like lyrically. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess like um, I guess in the past the lyrics were more um about like not not just like necessarily like relationships and such or just like you know other outside things in in my experience and i feel like i feel like on the new album it's a little more like personal to like my personal experience like internally if that makes sense um yeah yeah like like i guess like since like oyster dated out i can use that as an example like that's kind of just like me talking about like you know like social anxiety a little bit so i feel like it's more like um uh first person type of view of things than in the past like maybe like a lot of it is to do with somebody else you know yeah not def- necessarily like 
you know, a romantic sense, but just like in any kind of like relationship to another person. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess the one thing that I did want to talk about, sorry, I'm like, my cats both decided to jump up on my desk and just crowd <laughs> right around me. So I'm like trying to get them down as I, as I chat with you on this. But, um, the thing that I, I just want to touch on next was, uh, with that being said, Oyster Days was the first single from the upcoming, um, from any given flower, I, I guess how did you approach this song and this is kind of a multi-part question but how did you approach the song given that it it really it just felt like a very new evolution and very different from the stuff that I'd heard on the pre the previous material you'd put out particularly on an EP like forever and then the second part to that question is um what made you decide to choose that as the introduction single that people are going to hear that because i'm always very curious about how singles are chosen and how people want that first introduction what that people want that first introduction to be so what was it about oyster days that stuck out for you as the first uh i guess taste of what people can expect yeah um i guess i'll, I'll answer this backwards i'll, I'll start with that um, okay um the I, I definitely wanted people to hear that first. Um, and it's good that you asked this because I actually, I actually like thought about this a lot. So good. Okay. <laughs> I have cool. A good answer. But um, <laughs> uh, I wanted people to hear this first because I felt like it, you know, gave more of like an introduction to like what the album is going to be about in some regard, and like it's also like it is different from like forever. But I feel like it's at least it's more like in that same it has that same kind of like feel like emotion behind it, um, be, and and it will make sense if you hear like the next single that comes out is more of like the poppier single, and I definitely didn't want people to hear that one first just in because like I didn't want people to get like the wrong idea from like what the album's about because. The next one is definitely, like, it's a little cheesy. It's, like, at the time I wrote it, I was listening to, like, a lot of stuff like that. So What was that? that it, it cut it cut out a little bit when you said that. Oh, um, the, like, the next single that's coming out is going to be, like, the popular one. And I said I was listening to the Counting Crows a lot. Counting while, Crows, that's... I wrote that song. Gotcha, yeah. that's what I didn't hear. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't want people to get, like, the wrong idea, like, to think that you know, the, the few people that are listening to think that, you know, something has, like, changed and it's not going to maybe still have that, like, you know, emotion behind it. But it's kind of funny, too, because my my friend and, like, manager, Ben, um, kind of was like, we should put out the other one first because it's stronger. And I was just like, no, like, <laughs> the other, I want Oyster Days to come out first. So, and, uh, I guess uh, the way the, your other question was like how I approached it, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, like writing it, yeah. Um, that song was kind of like the main riff was like I had wrote it. Um, that was in like a different song that I had wrote and it was like kind of like the outro of that song. And then I was like, you know, this is like kind of like a cool riff. I'm going to like see what I can do with it. And I think at the time, like I wrote it basically like a year ago, 
I think at the time I was like listening to Soccer Mommy a lot, and like I heard Still Green, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I gotta, I gotta write a song that is sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I was just like, "Let me try this," and then it came out, came out well, I thought, and um, it was like it's probably one of the first songs that I'm like putting out that I like really enjoy like a lot compared to like anything else that I've put out before which I is like a weird thing for me um I don't I'm not usually like the biggest fan of my own song but this that one I definitely like a lot which I think is cool as well (laughs) well I think to a certain degree every artist who makes their own piece of music is not necessarily I think I think they're obviously a good judge of what they know is good from what they do, but I think that a mm-hmm. lot of people don't necessarily like listening to what they make for like just for whatever reason. It's just uh, I don't yeah. know. It's just one, it just seems like one of those things. Yeah, but it, when you can listen to it, it's like it's like wow, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I was gonna add that it's like when you get something that you really like, then it's like oh, okay, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I guess with all of the, to, I guess to wrap this up, or actually there was one more question I have before we wrap this up. Um, what does the term any given flower mean and represent for the, uh, for the album as a whole? Hmm. I, it's kind of interesting that you asked that because like, um, well, it's kind of like, I guess not in total reference, but one of the one of the tracks on the album is called is going to be called Any Given Flower. Um, and um, I guess like the album actually was going to be called uh, True Feelings for a while, but then I was just like, you know, I don't really like that name, but it, it, uh, I like this the other name better. Um, and okay, I guess the reason behind it was I don't, I don't know, like, I, I'm trying to, like, explain it, in a, but, like, it's also one of those things where it's, like, I, I kind of, it's this might sound really lame, but I kind of think of it as, like, like, poetry in a way, that it's, like, kind of, like, a, you don't really know what it means, and it can mean, like, anything to anybody, but, um, uh, I'm trying to make this make sense, but, like, you're all good, it, like, um, just kind of, like, I'm trying to think, like, I, I kind of wrote, what was the thing I wrote? I'm sorry, I'm being very all over the place with this answer. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Um, it's kind of like, and I don't want to, like, mis, like, represent what it means, but, uh, I guess it's like, you know, out of any given thing in your life, um, something could be special and you might not know it unless you look more closely at it that's good i think that that sums it up to an extent perfect um yeah the last question i've got um to wrap this all up what do you obviously the album is coming out may 24th if i have uh if i have Mm -hmm. that correct um what do you hope people take away from any given flower whether it's something lyrically something just musically or if there's any basically anything you want them to take away from it what what do you hope what do you hope that is um well i guess um i guess i want people i guess it's kind of like maybe like 
an arrogant thing to think, but I want people to like um, maybe you like uh, realize that like there's more that like figure eight can do as a band than what previously has been you know released um but then again i guess like most bands kind of feel like that but uh i don't know i just want to like i hope people can look deeper into like you know whatever i'm doing and the band's doing and appreciate that um for what it is and I also just hope people like the songs. There's like, there's definitely a few songs that are kind of out of left field, I guess, for maybe people who are looking for like emo or pop punk on this. But I hope they, um, I hope people, you know, take it for what it is and uh, try to jam with it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was perfectly said and a great way to wrap this up. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time where can people find you um and figure eight online so they can keep up to date and follow um and you are on social media websites whatever it may be um we're figure eight li on instagram and i believe that's figure eight li on twitter as well but twitter's kind of like not that important i just kind of like make very unfunny tweets all the time <laughs> um other than other than that we're on Bandcamp, figure eight you know, dot bandcamp.com, Spotify, you know, all the streaming services and just, you know, figuring on Facebook. Awesome. Well, have, yep. well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for bearing with me on the delay at the beginning. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, um, having everybody check this out. I'll, um, we'll send this over when it's ready to go. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Have a good night. We're going to leave you with Oyster Days, the first track from Figure Eight's upcoming release, Any Given Flower. The album will be available on May 24th, and you can pre-order your copy of it by visiting figure8.bandcamp.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Spotify, and Twitter, with links in our show notes below. Make sure to follow Shameless SF, the page that hosts this podcast, by visiting facebook.com slash shamelesssf, following us on Twitter, at sfshameless, and of course visiting our website at www.shamelesspromo.net. We'll also be creating a page specifically for this podcast in the coming weeks across all social media platforms, so stay tuned for that. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Wednesday. In time
Rejoice between to be your glory.